This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. Welcome to Work of Tomorrow here on Business Radio. I'm your host, Christian Tevish, and we're here for you every Monday night at 5 p.m. Eastern, followed by replays throughout the week. The purpose of my show is to explore how work will change in times of globalization and digitization. I want to understand the work of tomorrow. Now, many of us in the business community spend a large number of nights each year sleeping in a hotel. There are more than 5 million hotel beds in the United States, and there are more than 50,000 hotel properties providing employment for many Americans. Here on Work of Tomorrow, I already had multiple shows on the hospitality business, focusing on the competition between hotels and platforms such as Airbnb or HomeAway. In today's show, I want to understand how the operations of the hotel within really the hotel are changing with advances of technology. What are the top players in the industry doing to improve customer delight and operational efficiency? And what is the role of technology and automation in reshaping how hotels operate in the future? To answer these questions, it is my great pleasure to welcome two wonderful guests on my show. In the first half of the show, I want to speak to Laura Fuentes, who is a senior vice president at Hilton Worldwide. And in the second half of the show, I will talk to Michael Blake, former CIO of the Hyatt. At this point, welcome, Laura. Hi, Christian. How are you? Thanks for having me. Hey, Laura. From the 5,700 properties of Hilton around the world, do you have a favorite you know that's a, that's like asking me to choose my favorite uh, my favorite baby or <laughs> my favorite child. I love them. Uh, the ones that I visited, I love them all. But I have to say, I um, really, really enjoyed spending time uh, in our properties in Dubai um, earlier this year, and just seeing our team members serve our guests in that part of the world uh, and immerse in the culture was extraordinary. And uh, spending some time at our properties in Ras al-Khaimah and other, um, other properties in, uh, in Dubai and UAE were just really stunning. So I'll, I'll call those out for now. Very excited also for the Conrad that we're opening in D.C., which I think is going to be the best luxury property on the East Coast, bar none. So those are a couple I'll call out. Now, you mentioned you're visiting hotels. Uh, how many of your hotels have you visited in person? You know, I've been to probably dozens, um, if not, you know, hundreds at this point. Um, so I'd like to spend as much time as possible at our properties. We obviously have, as you mentioned, over 5,500 around the world. So it's a tall order and a bucket list to get to all of them. Um, but, uh, but certainly try to combine my time in the offices and working on people programs and team member programs that are going to make a difference with really understanding how are the operations at the hotel working, how can we help our team members reach their full potential and better serve our guests, and that only comes by spending time at our properties. So we seriously travel, um, whether it's for personal, for work, for our conferences, and always try to make time to connect with our general manager, with our team members behind the scenes, um, see our, our programs and products um, sort of live in the field is, uh, is a great joy and also a great learning opportunity to make sure that what I do then back in the office resonates and makes sense for them. Before we dive into the details of the guest experience and uh, also the work experience at Hilton, uh, talk about the breadth of the, the Hilton brands and properties. Uh, I mean, I might be staying in the Hilton without knowing that I am staying in the Hilton. Can, can you just tell us a little bit about the big picture of your brands? Definitely, yeah. So we're the leading global hospitality company. We have a portfolio of 17 brands, many of which uh, I'm sure you're familiar with, ranging from the Conrad, the Waldorf Astoria, Hilton, Doubletree, Embassy Suites, Hampton, 
um, Homewood, right? So brands that uh, people around the world have trusted and loved, and we keep launching new ones. We just launched Motto Insignia um, over the last few months to help fill very specific parts of the market that we know our customers and guests are hungry for. As we mentioned earlier, we've got 5,600 properties, you know, nearly 920,000 rooms, over 113 countries and territories. So our footprint is wide and vast. And we, uh, we were founded 100 years ago. So 2019, we're celebrating our 100th anniversary. But our founder, Conrad Hilton, had a very clear and inspirational vision, I think, when he started this company, which was to fill the earth with the light and warmth of hospitality. And in our 100-year history, we have done that three billion guest times over. Um, And it's an extraordinary achievement, I think. In 2018 alone, we opened a hotel a day, so our pipeline is strong. And I think 100 years in, all of us at the Hilton family are just excited and psyched for the next 100 and ready. In your position as Senior Vice President, uh, what type of metrics are you looking at other than the obvious ones like an occupancy or dollars per night? What type of metrics are you tracking to see how the Hilton Company is doing? Yeah, so look, specifically from a team member perspective and a culture perspective, I look at, um, you know, the volume of team members that we bring in every year. So I look at recruitment volume. I'll look at, you know, retention, our team members staying with us. I look at their performance and engagement because we're in the business of people serving people. So in order for our guest and customer-facing metrics, our business, our revenue metrics to thrive and keep moving in the right direction, we need to make sure that the metrics that we measure are team members' satisfaction, engagement, productivity, loyalty with are also rising. And really, that's where it all starts. So I like to think that, um, you know, from the HR perch that I um, I work in, that I'm in the business of serving the people that serve our guests. And so those metrics are really important to us, and we measure every year with our team member survey their engagement, their trust, are they thriving, what are their areas of feedback. And then we'll take a look at their, um, you know, that's the attitudinal data, we'll look at their behavioral data. So are they choosing to stay with us? Are they moving up and moving throughout our properties? And um, you know, how are they doing from a productivity perspective? And all of that tells me, you know, the health and strength of our organization, our culture. And I'm pleased to say that, uh, you know, over the last um, eight cycles that we've been doing, our global team member survey with hundreds of thousands of team members responding, our team member engagement, trust, um, their, uh, their loyalty are at an all-time high, and our turnover is at an all-time low. And so that's telling us that thousands of team members are choosing to stay with us because they feel like we've got something very special and we're supporting them for their career dreams to come true, you know, their aspirations, uh, for them to reach their full potential. So those are some of the, the metrics that I really obsess over and like to, to nerd out on. It's, it's really interesting, and we've had this with discussion of other service providers before, that it's the internal metrics oftentimes that are the leading indicators for the external metrics. Right? So I, I think mm-hmm. any service industry would say, like, well, anything with our customer has to come first, but it's very hard to uh, do a good job serving the customer if your internal organization is not functioning well. Um, have you, with the many properties and sites that you have throughout the world, have you formally looked at the relationship between your kind of your, your internal metrics on employee satisfaction, employee turnover, and how that has impacted afterwards the external metrics? 
Yeah, so we've definitely studied, um, and we do this, you know, on a regular basis every quarter, looking at, again, engagement, um, retention, trust, and we'll map that out against drivers of business performance, revenue per available room. We'll look at performance of specific properties and brands. And we're not surprisingly obviously able to see that the properties and brands where we have the highest engagement and where turnover is low and general managers are essentially able to create a culture of growth, a culture where their team members can thrive, those are the ones that deliver the best salt scores, the best client feedback, the best ratings on social media, and ultimately perform the best. So uh, we definitely see that connection and ultimately understand that investments in our team members are truly investments in the business. What's good for them ends up being really good for the bottom line because for us, our frontline team members are our bottom line. They're the ones day in, day out delivering exceptional services to our guests or making sure that it happens. So, and you know, another point that we take quite seriously is creating a culture for all and making sure that as we look at these metrics, as we design programs to support our team members, that we're truly thinking of all of our team members. We have over 400,000 team members around the world working for team member for um, Hilton Flags. And so making sure that our executives are thriving is really important, but making sure that our housekeepers are thriving is critically important. We have over 80,000 housekeepers in our system. And so driving their retention, their learning, making sure they can do their jobs more efficiently and effectively, that we're communicating with them in ways that matter, and that we're supporting them throughout their experience with us um, at the moments that matter for them, whether it's a promotion, whether it's welcoming a child into the family, um, taking that learning class that's going to help them move forward. All those moments are really important, and we, we then translate that into the engagement metrics that I've spoken about, and then ultimately are able to see that impact on our business. I want to talk about the workforce in just a moment, but before that, let's talk a little bit more about the guest experience. Uh, I was in the Hilton Hotels in the last years of uh, the, uh, the Hangzhou one at the Great Lake, an amazing facility, the San Francisco one near Market Street. Um, the guest experience in, in all of these cases has been great, but it has really roughly since the invention of the key card some 20, 25 years ago, my hotel experiences have been pretty much the same. What are the type of things that you're working on as we're moving kind of from internet booking towards now mobile apps? What are the type of things that you're working on that would transform the guest experience or bring it to the next level? Yeah, we have a long history of pioneering and innovating, and we've done so across, uh, obviously, the digital space, but also the analog service space. You know, Hilton, um, I think, was the first, uh, you know, brand to think of innovations such as the pina colada, the brownie was invented at a Hilton. You know, we were the first um, hotel company to uh, place a hotel near an airport. And so those innovations, more in the analog physical world, we're now really also driving digital innovations. And you're right, the smart uh, phone capabilities like Digital Key, for example, are helping transform that experience, right, from dream to shop and book and then arrivals. And uh, the Digital Key for us, you know, is helping to redefine the ordering room service experience, um, you know, providing smart rooms that allow for integrated entertainment, temperature and lighting controls. We really like to think that we're leading the way in developing these game-changing 
technologies that ultimately enhance the travel experience for our guests. We always say that innovation is in our DNA. And right now, you know, this focus on the connected room um, as the first mobile-centric hotel room designed and built by Hilton from the ground up is a really important driver for us. We want to make sure that our guests feel that their experience once they arrive on property is kind of as seamless as the world they're used to operating in with, you know, always on access, you know, one key button to order the things that you need. And so as they arrive with us, we want to make sure that, yeah, they can, you know, set the room in advance, choose the room that they want, set in advance, have the food waiting for them that they'd like to see. Uh, We've driven some partnerships that will help us to continue to evolve these features. So, for example, um, we recently teamed up with Netflix to allow guests to stream their favorite Netflix series, movies, and other um, sort of in-room entertainment options. So we're constantly looking to redefine that experience and make it frictionless and seamless and meet the same high standards that our guests have for the rest of their life outside of the property experience. We recently had the show on, on Disney and the Magic Band. Uh, do you look at biz, Disney and the guest experience as a, as a place to learn from in terms of digital technology, or do you feel like you're roughly kind of at, at, at par with uh, what they're doing? Yeah, you know, we always look to study what other hospitality providers, other peers are doing. But I think this is a space where, you know, between um, the innovations that we're driving in technology, the laser focus that we have on consumers, the focus on brands that are truly going to meet differentiated needs, um, we we truly look at what are our guests asking of us, and certainly that is informed by their experiences with other players. Um, but we're looking to solve exclusively and differentially for our guests and ensure that ultimately we're making their experience with us every single time um, as powerful and meaningful and one that will drive their loyalty and their advocacy for us as well. Speaking of loyalty, Hilton is famous for its loyalty program with some 80 million members in there. Yeah. Um, how do you, what do you do? You mentioned this kind of this seamless integration. The guest arrives, uh, basically has expectations in terms of food and newspapers and other services. Um, what do you do to customize the experience now that you are connected through the app before arrival and you really know it's mm-hmm. going to be me? Yeah, so for us, it's really important um, really to turn our customers into brand advocates. And we need to make sure that, yes, of our over 85 million Hilton Honors members, that we keep their wants and needs at the heart of our program. And you know, for almost 100 years, our focus has remained the same. We want to understand what our customers want and deliver exceptional experiences for them every single time. So Hilton Honors now allows us to one, identify our most frequent and loyal travelers, and not only reward them for choosing Hilton, but also offer them, as you mentioned, that more customized experience. So this loyalty program now allows us to develop holistic relationships with our team members. We can deliver exactly on the type of flexibility, value, personalization that they want the most. And we're constantly working to add benefits that will ultimately help our guests to have more choice in how they use their points at our hotels, but also in their everyday lives. 
and uh, you know, making sure that their points are more useful, valuable, and make their travel experience better. Um, whether it's with once-in-a-lifetime experiences, we've just announced our 2019 concert series, more flexibility with points where you can use points and money to pay, Amazon shop with points, um, and then really a game-changing mobile app that allows, as I mentioned, for this digital check-in, digital key to drive that frictionless experience. And that all starts with, yeah, becoming a member and having access to that um, you know, vast sort of portfolio of benefits that are both far-reaching, but then also so customized to their needs. In case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Work of Tomorrow here on Business Radio. I'm your host, Christian Terbisch, and I'm chatting with Laura Fuentes, Senior Vice President at Hilton Worldwide. We talked about the guest experience, and now, Laura, I would like to kind of change topics and talk about the actual work at Hilton. Hilton mm -hmm. has been recognized as one of the top places to work for. Um, tell us a little bit about the kind of the workforce in a hotel. I mean, how is the headcount if I take a if there is such a thing as a typical hotel, I'm, my last day in the Hilton wasn't at the one in San Francisco. At a you know large hotel, big big town, how many people there are working there in housekeeping, kitchen, front desk? What, what what does a typical workforce look like? Yeah, so obviously you know we've got a range of brands as I mentioned and properties, and so uh, some of them are more focus servers versus full service. Interestingly enough, I was just at the Hilton San Francisco Union Square. Um, a week ago as well. And so that property, you know, will have nearly a thousand team members um, across the various jobs that you've listed, right? Housekeeping, front desk, operations, engineering, um, concierges, etc. And so, you know, we need to make sure that our team members have the support that they need at every step of the way. And I'm glad you brought that property up because truly, you know, we were hosting actually an extraordinary conference there for the Great Place to Work Institute, which um, just was a full display of our culture at its best. And truly seeing, you know, our team members at every step of their interaction, whether it's in the food that they prepared, the, you know, above and beyond service they delivered to our guests, um, the hospitality, that sixth sense of hospitality, as our chef coined it, bringing that to life to ensure that something as vast of a production as a conference with thousands of attendees came across flawlessly and in a delightful manner um, is truly what we're all about. And so, you know, behind the scenes, what we are trying to do is make sure that all of those team members can reach their full potential, that they're all thriving with us, that they don't look at Hilton as just a place of productivity, compensation, pay, but it's a place of learning, of growth, of community, of fulfillment. And the HR programs that we put in place behind the scenes to support them range from making sure that our heart of house, which we call the back of house, is just as welcoming and engaging and inspirational as our guest environment and spaces that the uniforms and wardrobes that our team members have enable them to do their best work. And to that end, we partnered with Under Armour to launch a strategic partnership for, um, you know, better capsule wardrobes, in particular for our most physically demanding roles. And we can talk more about that in a moment. You know, that their learning is really keeping pace and adapting and, you know, providing the learning they need just in time in bite-sized nuggets, that their benefits are best in class and support them at the moments that matter, and that we're constantly asking for their feedback to hear, how are we doing? Where else can we support you? What specifically do you need from us to do your best work? And so that's a little bit of the, you know, what a typical hotel looks like. Um, we never close, right? Our properties from the moment 
they open are open to business, right? 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And so keeping that workforce, those team members engaged and, you know, supported with moments of intense activity and also moments of disconnect is really important to us. Now, as an operations professor, I, I do care a lot about productivity. I, I understand it's only one of many metrics. But if you look at the, the ratio of staff to beds in, in, in any given property over time, has, has that changed over the last 20 or 30 years? Or is it roughly the same staff supporting the same number of, of nights? You know, I think what we have as a constant is what we do, right? So we're always in the business of people serving people. And how we do it might evolve. When we look at um, driving, you know, efficiencies, doing our work better, supporting our team members to do better work and more engaged, we are providing them with technology and tools and access and communication and learning platforms that are clearly reflective of the year we live in and the modern technologies that surround us. But ultimately, right, what we want to make sure is that that human connection stays the same and that our level of hospitality is a constant and that the service levels that our guests expect from us are a constant. And those are ultimately delivered by our people. So what we want to do behind the scenes is make sure that, you know, we're giving them the information at their fingertips to better serve our guests. Um, but we're not going to shortchange, you know, how we support those guests um, as far as, you know, the presence that we have on properties. So, again, I think that the what we do is um, essentially has been a constant. We're looking to delight our guests. We're looking to uh, make sure that every experience is extraordinary. How we've done that, we're certainly not just keeping pace with, but I think setting new standards for advanced scheduling, for communication, for measurement of engagement, serving, you know, and making sure learning, all of that is keeping pace and with our, our crazy modern world. So if we pick kind of two or three professions that are the, the most important one in terms of just numbers, I, w I would imagine housekeeping, mm -hmm. kitchen, um, how, how have these jobs changed? Give us some specific use cases for somebody, for example, who is turning around a room. Uh, how is that work today different from what it was 20 years ago? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, a couple of ways, actually, and for us in the more recent years, um, so one thing, if you think of in many other industries and, and companies of our size, you know, even knowing when to show up for work, right? So this used to be um, the day of you may get a call to tell you, we need you, we don't need you. And we looked at that and felt like it is impossible for our team members to plan their lives around that. And we made a commitment a few years back to have a minimum 10-day advanced scheduling so that our team members could then also plan their personal needs, understand when they were going to be required to be on site, that they could prepare for that. Um, and so that alone, I think, was a transformative change for our team members' experience. Then, you know, upon arrival, um, again, if you think of our physically demanding jobs, our housekeepers, you know, in the past, and I think still at many companies, the uniforms that they're wearing are, frankly, not breathable technology. Um, the fabric can be kind of rough. It's not a uniform that at times, you know, team members were proud of wearing because um, of its physical appearance. And so, again, with our partnership with Under Armour, we have revisited what that looks like. Their wardrobes now are made of breathable materials. They're made in attractive, flattering cuts. They're, you know, bright colors that they are proud to wear, allow them to do their job better. And, again, it's this analog technology that really helps us um, 
allow them to do their best work. Then as far as communication with their um, you know, managers, with the, the staff on the floor, telling them about completion of rooms, all of this can now be done you know, through iPads, their phones, so they can more consistently and in the moment track progress of work throughout the day. Um, then when you think about, okay, how are they growing and developing? How are they staying in touch with us? You know, again, if you think back maybe 20 years ago, collecting feedback was probably done one-off, conversations, anecdotal, maybe a paper survey sometime in the, you know, late 90s. We have an annual survey where we ask all of our team members, you know, to online in a, you know, controlled environment, give us your feedback, right? And it's efficient. It takes a few minutes. But you're answering questions throughout your entire experience. And we can then aggregate that up to ask all the housekeepers in the Hilton San Francisco, but then also all of our housekeepers around the world to tell us, how are we doing vis-a-vis -vis your growth, your experience with us? So being able to aggregate their voices, I think, is another way in which we have truly modernized their experience. And that's what really jumpstarts the virtuous cycle, right? We ask their feedback, we listen, we drive changes to that feedback, and then we celebrate their success when we put in place these programs. Um, so those are just a few examples, I think, that have really transformed the experience for a subset of our team members. And I could go on and on because we're really looking to drive these changes for all, again, from our housekeepers to our senior most leaders, making sure that we are supporting them, they're reaching their full potential so that Hilton as a whole can reach its full potential and thrive. Now, if I think about Big picture trends in the world, certainly, I mean, we talked about San Francisco a moment ago. House prices in San Francisco, real estate prices have gone through the roof. Uh, so if you think about the, the trade of the balance between capital and labor, your business has gotten a lot more capital intense. What is the impact of that on the, on the workforce, on the labor? Is that, does it mean that you're spending also more on labor to kind of leverage the expensive properties? Does this mean that you, you have to kind of be more efficient on the labor? How, how, how do you think about the balance between capital and labor in your business? Well, you know, we really look at any investments in our team members, not as a cost item, but truly an investment. And we know that the return on that investment is one that helps drive our business. So anytime that we look at, you know, learning programs, investments in benefits and rewards, um, you know, recruitment technology, their uniforms, heart of house investments, we ultimately are also looking at this is helping them to do their best work and to serve our guests better. And we measure those investments relative to the decrease in turnover. And we have been able to demonstrate over the last few years to our owners, to our business, that we have seen the return. So, in fact, over the last uh, three, four, five years, our turnover has steadily decreased. And we know that every percentage point decrease in turnover drives huge savings as far as recruitment, uh, you know, ramp-up time, learning and development time, and ultimately for our team members to reach that peak productivity level. So we certainly study this every year, and we've got the analytics behind it to prove it. But any of those investments that other companies might look at as cost drivers, we're really looking at as a high ROI investment um, that we've been able to prove out time over time. And I think ultimately, you know, again, that is what has garnered us the recognition that we've received where 
uh, Fortune just named us the number one best company to work for in the U.S., the best place to work for diversity, the best place to work for parents. And we've been also named, you know, the best workplace in dozens of countries around the world, number two best workplace in the world globally. So, again, we think that these investments for us are yielding the return with an all-time high engagement uh, for our team members, you know, recognition that um, certainly, I think, validates our approach and is telling us that we're on the right path. Uh, Laura, last question from the guest experience again. Um, give me a sense, staying in a Hilton in 10 years from now, what is going to be the new magic? What's going to be the next round of innovations? You know, that's a great question. I think there's always going to be innovation in F&B. Our rooms are going to be extraordinary. You know, the um, the property architecture, I think, will be delightful and, you know, inspire moments of wow and magic. We'll find experiences that our team members and our guests are looking for and deliver on those as well. And I think those will be extraordinary and, and groundbreaking and really, you know, almost seem impossible to deliver on now. So I think all of that is going to keep transforming the guest experience, but all true back to what's going to be the same as the last 100 years. And it's going to be that personal touch. It's going to be the level of hospitality. It's going to be the welcome. It's going to be the way in which we take care of you and we genuinely welcome you into the Hilton family. So yes, I want us to keep on the cutting edge of digital technology, of modernization, um, to be setting the pace there. But some things for us will always true back to that vision Conrad Hilton had, which was to fill the earth with the light and warmth of hospitality. And that's the note that I want our guests to, to remember us on and experience us with. Says Laura Fuentes, the Senior Vice President at Hilton Worldwide. Thank you so much, Laura. We need to take a short break right now. When we come back, I will welcome my second guest for today. That's Michael Blake, the former CIO of Hyatt, who now heads an association called Hospitality Technology Next Generation, HTNG. You're listening to Work of Tomorrow. I'm Christian Tevish, and this is Business Radio powered by the Wharton School on Series XM. We'll be right back. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.com. 